0: Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network.
1: The Colorado Avalanche have won the Stanley Cup. Raymond Barr, a dream, has come across. Beach of head, McKinnon racing and shoots and scores, Nathan Mack. McKinnon, <laughs> right scores, the Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Christian, that was... Um, not good from the avalanche on Tuesday night against the the Washington Capitals, a game that has left me rather conflicted because as you all know, these are my two teams, both the avalanche and the Capitals are my two teams that I root for and support. And this is my first time on this show recapping a game between the two. And I went into this game with very low expectations because, I mean, in a good way, because I knew no matter what, I was going to get two points from one of my teams. And I expected a really fun game. I said on the last show, I thought the Caps would win, especially if we didn't have McKinnon. Good news is we did have McKinnon. He play, he makes his return. But... The Avalanche, I think, played their worst game that I have seen from them in quite a long time. They lose six to three, and I don't think that scoreboard even does justice to how bad they played. This was an ugly loss for them. What did you make of it?
0: Well, first off, man, I'm, I'm glad uh, I'm glad one of us got to experience just a little bit of joy out of that game because for me, as strictly an Avs fan, that was. Like you said, one of the worst games I've seen the Abs play since that 48-point season. It was atrocious. And we were talking about this a little bit off air, um, how if you would have told me that J.T. Comper was going to score, Darren Helm was going to score, and Miko was going to score, we win that game 10 times out of 10. But uh, as it turns out, when your top line and top pair defensemen combined for minus – 18 or something, however ridiculous it was, uh, you're not going to win very many hockey games.
1: Yeah. McKinnon in his first game back uh, records an assist. We'll start off positive to make it 5-3 to late in the third period that I don't think anyone in the arena even noticed that goal happened. And he finishes at a minus 5. And Miko Rantanen, minus 5. Kale McCarr shockingly a minus five and this was one of the worst performances I've seen from them in a while and you know sometimes you have a game where just things don't work nothing works out for you you're trying hard nothing works but you can't even give them that in this one because it wasn't that this game to me felt lifeless and this was, a, again, a weird game for me to watch because I'm rooting for both. I'm rooting for an overtime, essentially. I want both teams to get at least a point out of this. And I'm trying my best to just enjoy it. There's no pressure. I'm happy if either team wins. But there just came a certain point where I'm like, wait, the Avalanche are playing horrible. What is going on here? This is really, really bad. Like it was towards the end of the, the first period, really, because I was like, for the first bit of it, I'm just enjoying watching my two teams play each other. And then I'm like, wait a second. This is horrible. What am I watching here? They're getting absolutely caved in. And towards the end of the game, I was just like, this is just poor effort. And that's something I hate saying, because I hate knocking professionals for poor effort. I mean, sometimes things just don't work, but that's the only thing I could draw from this game. It wasn't that things weren't working. They couldn't pass the puck and it just looked like they've were uninspired tonight. That's really the nicest way that I can put it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Kuznetsov's second goal perfectly describes that game. I mean, the Caps had the Avs top line pinned in their own zone for two minutes, probably. Felt like two minutes. They were just whipping the puck around the zone and making just great passes. And then Kuznetsov just walks right in and rips one top shelf on Kemper. And... The it was just like you said a lackluster performance which you you don't see very much out of the abs I, I can't remember a game recently where they came out just so flat no energy and I thought with McKinnon coming back that was going to be a huge boost to the team and we were going to see uh, a way better effort than what we saw in, on Saturday's game against the Blues but it was worse than the Blues game like we oh looked- my,
1: not even oh my god the Blues game I, I walked out of that like frustrated at the league and the officials feeling like we got robbed and we deserved better. I walked away from this one being like, I don't think that was, the score was as bad as it could have been.
0: No, I mean, that that game could have easily been eight to three, eight to two. Like it was just not a good game. I mean, I, I tweeted this out during the game. Tyson Jost line was the best line out there, which if we're looking for positives, Tyson Jost and JT Copper look really good. Look really, really yeah. good. And the, but, the thing
1: was, is that you analytically, they got destroyed It's comfort, especially, but comfort, I thought played well, honestly, I thought the best player was Logan O'Connor. Logan O'Connor is a guy that works his ass off every time he is on the ice. And he made that Darren Helm goal happen. And it's, a, you're getting such good performances from your depth guys and your stars just played so bad. It's not something I thought we'd ever talk about on this show.
0: No, we always talk about how the Avs don't get any depth scoring and how it's the top-line team. But so far this season, it's been the depth players that have played fantastic. And you need your stars to step up. And I guess that's a good thing because we know that the stars are going to step up. Like, we know that this isn't going to be the normal for the Avalanche. We know that Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen are going to figure it out. And Kale McCarr, once he gets probably – like, I, I think – we'll start freaking out about Kale McCarr when we're 10, 15 games into the season. He's still playing this bad. Like this is his third game back from injury. Like he's going to need some more time, but yeah, it was, it was a really bad performance from the Av's best players. And I'll give the Capitals credit. The caps players were the caps top players were fantastic. Like Ovechkin was good. Kuznetsov was good. I thought Oshie was good. I like that Connor McMichael kid. I think he's going to be pretty good. Um, I, I'll give the Caps credit. They played a really damn good game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I have I have both perspectives for this game, which is something very rare, but the, for the Capitals' perspective, this was almost a perfect performance against a, a really good team like the the Avalanche. They played as well as they did to put six goals up on them is a huge confidence boost for them. And they, I didn't really think anyone on the Caps stood out as bad. I mean, even a kid like Martin Ferravari, who's been kind of hovering around the NHL for about a year and a half ever since the bubble, this is his first full-time role in the league. And he has probably been the Capitals' best defenseman so far this season. He was shutting down Nathan McKinnon at several different points in this game. But from the Avalanche perspective, this was just poor all the way around. And, you know, we wrote off a lot about the blues loss, like the, the, the disallowed goal, all the injuries we had missing two thirds of our top line, but those excuses are running out in this one. And I think when you get McKinnon back, I think you lose that right to claim injuries. Cause at this point, who are you missing? Devontae's big, big absence, you know, top pair defenseman, big absence, not going to downplay that Valnichushkin best defensive forward on the team, you know, second line winger who's been bumped up because we lost Don Skoy and sod, but in terms of significant injuries, unless you want to count Francois, who didn't play in this game. So it doesn't matter there. You're kind of running out of excuses and well, also Landy, obviously he was suspended in his last suspension, but, and you know, that's a big part of your top line, but Landis God's not your babysitter you're, you're going to try hard with Landis Gog in the lineup as opposed to when he's occasionally not going to be like, you're all professionals and adults here, right? Do you, I don't think you need Landy to hold your hand and tell you to try hard. And this is a, this is a criticism. I don't think I've ever had of this team. They didn't try hard. They didn't really seem interested in the game. Maybe it was their first East road trip in a long time. Like I I'm really scraping the bottle of the barrel for, explanations here because this one just genuinely kind of baffled me
0: yeah i i'm trying to be a positive abs fan and twist it into something's going on here but like flat out the abs just like right now as we sit three games in the season the abs are not a good hockey team right now right now they're not a good hockey team you're gonna get devon taves back you're gonna get landy back um but you need to figure it out because you can't dig a super big hole in this division because the wild have looked good. uh, The jets look pretty solid, but Mm -hmm. you can't dig yourself a hole in this, um, in this division. And it's kind of just weird because the abs usually don't start a season very slow. I know last year they lost the blues in the first game, but after that they rattled off like three or four straight wins. So it was just a really, really bad game. It was a tough watch, Um, but I have high hopes for tomorrow night or I guess today by the time this podcast release. So it's going to be – this Panthers game is really going to be a pivotal game in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's it's a three-game sample size right now, and this season just started completely discombobulated with the McKinnon going on COVID protocol and Tay's – Being out for we've known we've known he's going to be out for a while, but things really like suddenly piled up after the first game and it just felt like we kind of fell face first in the mud right out of the gate and couldn't get settled. You see a lot of teams in the league right now completely healthy firing on all cylinders and the avalanche have just haven't been able to settle down into what they want to be yet just because of how crazy things have been and you know it's game three as we're recording this right now, this the NHL season has been underway for eight days, the avalanche only seven. And I have no doubt that things are going to get better and things are going to turn around. You know, they're too, they're simply too good and too experienced not to. This is not a young team anymore. They know they're going to go into that room for this game and they know that performance was unacceptable. So I'm not concerned about for the future, but I mean, In the the short-term picture of just looking at this game, this was really, honest to God, bad. I mean, just starting with with Kale McCarr, do you think he's had a worse game in his career than last night?
0: In his very brief career, that was the worst I've seen him play, which is a little surprising, and maybe it's just because our standards are so high for him and our expectations are so high that when he does have a bad game, it's – very noticeable, but yeah, he was really bad tonight. And his partner for most of the day, Sam Gerard. I mean, I spent all off season defending Samuel Gerrard, and it's uh, yikes right now, it's he, big time yikes for Sammy G. He is just he got work. I, I think it's a confidence thing, man. Like, I, I think he he kind of knows how much he struggled in that series against Vegas, and we've seen this before with Samuel Gerard. he is a very streaky player um so I do think he's gonna turn it around but it's been a big time yikes for Sammy G so far this year and maybe when Taves comes back and you throw him with Eric Johnson maybe we can rekindle some of that magic but yeah I mean your top pair of Kale McCarr and Samuel Gerrard was really really bad last night and like there were a couple times where they were jumping up in the play and the other one wasn't back on defense. And it led to a lot of odd man chances. I mean, that Kuznetsov's first goal. I mean, he split both the defenders really easily. Like it, like it was, looked really yeah. effortless for those. Him.
1: Those are your two guys, Makar and Gerard, and they got styled. I mean, that's Evgeny Kuznetsov. When, I mean, at his best, a very good player. And he was at his best last night. He was outstanding outside of the, the, the JT comp for shorthanded goal where he kind of let that happen all by himself. But you look at all the pairs from last night, Makar and Gerard were the worst one, like by a substantial margin, I would say they noticeably stuck out to me as being bad. And you look across the board. I mean, one guy I was really disappointed. In was Andre Burakovsky. I mean, this is, this is a return home for him. In Washington, I, I took my I took my jersey off the wall to wear it watching this game just in at home because, I mean, this is a big deal game for me. The abs are my other team, along with the caps. Burakovsky has been my favorite player for a long time on both teams. I took the, the the caps jersey off the wall to wear it and he finishes minus four gets taken off of the top line. I mean, this was a nightmare game for him and that. I mean, you were talking about the fourth goal defining this game. Honestly, I feel like each goal kind of tells its own different story about this game. But that third goal, he passed that puck right to Lars Eller. Lars Eller puts that puck on net and Curtis McDermott. I mean, I don't think he was expecting that turnover in his one defense, but he and Murray are in no man's land. Mantha's alone in front of Kemper. And he gets that rebound, kicks it off of his skate to his stick for a wide open net. We'll talk about Kemper, but there was nothing that he could do about that one. And that play stems from Andre Burakovsky. And he's a a confidence player. I don't know if the pressure of being back in Washington for the second time got to him, but this was just a, a horrible performance and a wasted opportunity for him on the top line.
0: Yeah, at the beginning of the season, we talked about Berkey, how Bednar might break up that top line to help a little bit with the depth, and if last night was the indicator, uh, you can't do that for a while because, um, yeah, Berkey was was really really bad too. Um, I I don't know what else to say about Berkey because he he didn't really do anything do anything noticeable for me out there. Like I honestly kind of forgot he was playing last night.
1: He finished um, the game with his, his stat line from last night tells enough really zero goals, zero assists minus four. And the biggest offense to me for Burakovsky zero shots. I mean, come on, man. That's your, that's your thing. That's what you do. You're there for you're you're there for You're, you're against your old team, the team that to be fair, I mean, in my opinion, didn't play him to his best potential where eventually he had to ask for a trade to get more playing time. And, I mean, just the emotional moment of being back in front of your home fans, like where you used to play, you're on the top line with McKinnon in his first game back, and you're with Miko. Nothing? You got nothing? No shots?
0: Nothing. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's unacceptable. That's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm trying to think back about Berkey last night, but he, he was so unnoticeable that other than that one atrocious turnover, there's nothing else to talk about for him because he was just that unnoticeable. Like, and you expect him to step it up, especially when he goes on the top line. And he did not look good, man. Like, he didn't look good. I, I, I actually kind of liked, like, other than the cross-checking penalty, I thought Nassim Kadri played a pretty good game. I, I, mean, I just
1: don't – I didn't have a ton to say about it. I thought he was just unremarkable. I mean, I look across the board, not to cut you off, but, like, I've got maybe three – Four players that I thought were at least decent, and I think everybody else just did not perform well at all.
0: No, I mean, Kadri was noticeable because he made a couple hustle plays for me. So uh I, uh I just, uh I, I don't know. Like Kadri made a couple hustle plays. He dove a couple times and made a couple of those plays. But maybe I was just looking for some sort of positive from the Avalanche because it was. It was rough, man. It was a really, really rough game. <laughs> and I, I was very heated last night. I'm glad we didn't record last night because I probably would have said some meaner things. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a really, really bad game. Um, I, I thought Darcy Kemper, he, I think we can transition to this. Darcy Kemper has not impressed me, but he hasn't like disappointed me. I mean, last night he was hung out to dry so many times, so you can't really fault. Like, I look back on those goals. I can't really fault him for too many of them. I mean, that first one by Kuznetsov was a great breakaway goal. Yeah. The second, the second one was
1: – Nick uh, Jensen.
0: Yeah, yeah. That, was good, that was a good wrist shot, if the I Nick, remember the right. The Nick
1: Jensen goal is a weird one because he used Alex Ovechkin as a decoy. I mean, the, yeah. the Mahones you have to have to pull that off as Nick Jensen is absurd. I mean, and Nick Jensen's been great to start the season. He had, against the Rangers, he had a beautiful goal that got called back. So this was technically his first of the year, but he's been great. And that whole play, I mean, again, that's a three-on-one with two defensemen lead, with two defensemen leading the rush for the caps with Ovechkin on the other side, that can't happen. And the thing with that one with Kemper is I, I get that he's fully expecting Ovechkin to get that puck. And honestly, I think Ovechkin was too, but it's a, it's a clean blocker side shot that beat him clean, which has kind of become a theme here. And you go to the third goal, which we talked about, that one was Berkey's fault and McDermott should have been in better position. Won't blame him there. Fourth goal, Kuznetsov put the avalanche in a blender and Joe's especially did not look particularly pretty after that one. But again, another great it's a, great, a shot, great, shot. great shot. Great shot. But again, another clean one beats him on the blocker side. And the fifth one was was a bad one. That was a bad recovery from Kemper on the the puck wrapping around. And it was it was a backbreaker. That's five to two at that point. It it wasn't horrible. It wasn't like it just went right through him. But it, you need to save on some of these. And I'm not, I don't want to rip on Darcy Kemper and say that he's been terrible. Cause he, he hasn't been terrible. You know, he was left no, out no. to dry in this one. So I'd, I'd say you look, you look at these, I would say one in particular, the last one, I'm like, that's a bit more on you than the others. The, the Jensen goal and the last Kuznetsov goal. I just want to save on one. I mean, they're, yeah. they're NHL caliber shots. They're tough to save, but you're an NHL caliber goalie that we, we paid a lot to get and you know i don't i'm not asking him to steal that game for us cuz that's impossible he, he at his best we lose that game with that performance but just one or two extra saves and that blocker side has become a bit of a theme through the first 3 games of the season i fu- i fully believe that he's going to be better we kind of saw the same thing with grubauer when he first came here it it takes an adjustment and i think there's something to be said that I think Kemper thought he was done with the Arizona style defense when he came to Colorado and was not expecting a performance like that in front of him when he came here. But uh, it's safe to say that he just hasn't been up to expectations so far. And I believe that he's going to get better. I mean, again, three games into the season, there's a big sample size to come still with everybody. But just from what I've seen so far, just needs to be a, a little better. That's all.
0: A little better, I think, is a fair criticism of him. Uh, I I think you could say that about pretty much everyone on the Avalanche. It's just a little bit better. Um, I mean, in the past two games, excluding the empty net goals, he's given up nine goals in two games. Uh, That's not going to be very good. And I think I saw a save percentage is only at like 85, like .857, I think is what he's at right now.
1: Yeah, Um, I'm totally blanking on it. I think you're right, but keep going. I can find it.
0: It's. It's not very good, so um, like I said, 890, which yeah. is still not NHL starter quality. Um, I would defend him a little bit that he has been hung out to dry on a good amount of those goals, but like you said, he's an NHL goalie and you expect him to make one or two of those saves. I'm not expecting him to save all of them, but you need your goalie to come up with some big saves, and he he wasn't or he hasn't yet. Um, I do think he is going to figure it out. I, I do remember when Grubauer first came here and same with Barlamov when they first came here, they, they struggled the first couple of games and we saw what happened with Gruby. He turned it on at the end of the season and was really the catalyst of why we won a playoff series against the flames. Um, and I, I think he's going to turn it around in Kemper, but it was, it was not a good showing from him. And I, I think we're split on this. I think he's going to get the start tomorrow. I know you think uh, JoJo's going to get the start net against Florida.
1: Well, the, just the way I see, I know Florida's going to be a tough matchup, and there's no, there's no two ways about it. Uh, with Kemper or JoJo and net, you're going to struggle either way. And honestly, my argument for JoJo has nothing to do with Kemper. I don't really want JoJo in. This is just what I think is going to happen, is that I think this team needs a little bit of a wake-up call. And I think they're going to get it with Landis God coming back. And they all know that they played like shit. I don't think Bednar even needs to tell them that. But with Jojo in net, that requires a certain amount of buy-in from everybody that like we need to understand that this is our third string goalie in net. And I also just don't think that Kemper has earned an extra game in net to like, if he has been dominant in these games and the, they, they lose all these games all the same, and it's one and two. We feel the same about everyone else so far. You keep Kemper in net, but he's just been okay. You know, I don't think you, you risk overworking him right away until Francois comes back right off the bat. And with JoJo, I think you just need something different right now. You need another goalie in net. You need to make everybody understand this is your third string. You need an extra effort tonight. And even if, like you were kind of saying off air before we started this, even if we lose that game, but we show a great effort, a great team effort, systems are working. That's another thing. Because again, that's game four. The results at this point, while they do add up, I understand that if you start losing, they don't matter right now, at least the process matters. And we need to improve that process. And JoJo during the regular season last year was good at certain points, granted behind a much better avalanche defense than the ones we've seen so far, but I don't think it's a death sentence as much as we, we fear it is after that uh, preseason fiasco against Vegas. So Jojo, I wouldn't be surprised to see him get the next start. Cause again, like we talked about a couple of times already, when is he going to start? Is it because if he doesn't start against Florida, is it against Tampa? I mean, that's not much easier. Is it against Vegas? I mean, they're injured, but that's still Vegas. There's a lot of pressure on that game is against St. Louis even then that's enough. That's a week from now. I mean, you got to put them in at some point. And I think if you do this now and you, you send that message to the team that you have to step up tonight or we will get killed. It's something. And it sends that message. And I think you just need to try something.
0: Yeah. I think you've talked me into it, but I, I, I'm going to be devil's advocate here for a second. Um, I, I think Bednar realizes that this is a big game and this is going to be really the closest they've been to hundred percent healthy all year. And there's still a chance Devon Taves plays tomorrow. We'll see during morning skate, how he's feeling. Um, and if but he gets he's, a he's on the to trip, play,
1: that's the thing. He's on the trip he's on the trip.
0: So the report I heard from Mike Chambers was that he's going to be on the trip. He won't play in Washington, but he could play in Florida. I haven't heard anything more, so I'm not. Kind of that also could
1: it. mean Tampa, because that's also Florida. So
0: that could mean Tampa. Uh, so if if it shows up where Taves plays, and you get Landeskog back, and the only player you're missing from your opening day lineup is Valnachushkin, I think Bednar might play Kemper just to show, like, just to prove to the team, like, hey, this is what we're going to be at full strength, and there's no better time to do it than against. My opinion, the best team in the East so far this season in the Florida Panthers. It is going to be a battle. The Panthers are coming off a huge win against the Lightning on Tuesday night. And they've looked really, really good. Um, I'm interested to see what the Panthers do if they play Bobrovsky or Spencer Knight. I'm, as a biased Avs fan, hoping they play Bobrovsky because Spencer Knight is awesome. Awesome. And he's looked awesome in the one game he's played so far this year, but it's gonna be a it's gonna be a battle. It's gonna be a battle. Like, and I, I think if to kind of sum up the point, I think if Taves plays and you got Landis Gog back, I think Bednar might throw Kemper out there just to see this team at full strength because we didn't even see it during the preseason. We didn't see any of the big boys play, and at the same time with Kemper and Net, so. I think if Taves plays, I think we may see Kemper in net. I
1: think I, I think I agree with that. If we're going to be fully healthy like with the exception of Val, then, I mean, if you're the head coach, you got to go all in at that point and build some confidence back with this team. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting scenario because you look at the other side and my argument, I'm, I'm arguing if we're less healthy, we should put the worst goalie in, but it's I'm, I'm interested to see how Bednar responds to that loss because it's it's rare that we see the avalanche. I mean, they lose games. Everybody loses game, but it's rare to see them lose like that. So I'm advocating more for the message and the buy-in that comes with starting Jonas Johansson instead of Kemper. Not saying that I think Kemper should be replaced, but just the message that it would send to the team and the extra effort it would require especially if Taze isn't there i think would be a good wake-up call for this team so it's it's going to be interesting to see what he does here because you can't you can't have another performance like you did against washington you just can't you can't you know a one-off is a one-off you burn the tape you throw it away but two games in a row like that i it'll start to add up pretty quickly because like we said this is a tough road trip you're going up against The Caps, who, as we saw, are very good, and then you're going up against the three and O Panthers, who look like a wagon. And if you're hoping for a bounce back after Florida, uh, you're not going to get it against the back to back champs. And yeah, they haven't looked perfect so far, but they are Tampa Bay, even if they are going to be without Kucherov.
0: Yeah, this is going to be. I'm going to be honest. If we can win one of these next two games between the Panthers and the Lightning, I will consider it a success because. Like you said, last night or Tuesday night against the Capitals, that's a write-off. That's a burn-the-tape game. Everyone played bad. We move on from it. And if you can go into Florida and get two or four points against the Eastern Conference elite, then I think you can come back home with a little bit of confidence and then you come back home and you play Vegas that Monday. Uh, it's going to be a big game. And – I think we'll uh, we'll see what this team's made of. We talked about this at the beginning of the year, where this is not a cupcake schedule. The ABS are playing outside of the Blackhawks, all playoff teams, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, and I they don't... they were all playoff teams last year. Yeah,
0: they were outside the Blackhawks. Every single team was a playoff team last year.
1: Yeah, so, so this is Blackhawks suck as we've seen. So
0: yeah, the, the Blackhawks are gonna be bad. Um, but it's it's this is no joke to start the season. So we both kind of alluded at this at the beginning of the year, like, Hey, this could be a rough start to the year and we don't need to panic because it's tough when you come out of the gates and have to face all these teams and whether we like it or not, the avalanche people have a circled on their schedule. They want to beat us because they know that we're the considered the favorites in the league. So other teams use that as a measuring stick game and want to see how they're holding up against what a lot of people think is the NHL elite.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it comes with the territory of being the odds on Stanley cup favorites. And it also comes internally as well, especially for us as fans, all the expectations on this team, uh, second year in a row, odds on favorites to win when you actually win a game, it just feels like everything's going according to plan and that's just expectations being met bare minimum. When you lose a game, especially like this, that's when you were like, Oh man, what's wrong with these guys? What's wrong? What's wrong with this team? And I, I think we just have to reel ourselves in a little bit, everyone here. Cause I, I see it on Twitter too. I mean, every fan base has reactionaries. We were just enjoying sports. It's what fans do. We react to things, but
0: I think we all hand just up, yeah, hand up. I, I was up. one I do of those that. people freaking yeah. out. I was one of those people freaking out. But now that we've sat down and talked a little bit, I've talked myself off the ledge. The season's not over. It's three games into the year. We're just very emotional fans. And like you said with the Avalanche, when they win, it's to be expected. And when they lose, we go, what the fuck? Like, this team shouldn't be losing games, especially getting blown out. But take a deep breath. We, we don't need to overreact yet. If we're having this conversation in mid November and we're worried about it, maybe, maybe a little bit of panic, but we're three games in, we knew this was going to be a really, really tough stretch of the season. So we'll just all have to take a deep breath. Me and inc- like, including myself, I'm going to have to take a deep breath and realize that it's an 82 game season and we have a lot of hockey ahead of us.
1: Yeah. A lot of hockey. I mean, I got, I got a revelation for some of you, but game three of the regular season has absolutely no bearing of the playoffs that start in May this year. It is not even November. We're not even, we're not, we still got what? More than half of our games left in October. We got what, five, six games left this month. We're not even halfway through October. So yeah, you know what? If the playoffs started tomorrow, I'd be a little concerned, but the good news is it doesn't. The playoffs are a long ways away. And if you're going to learn your lessons, learn them early in the regular season. So this game, you burn the tape, you move on. You're not seeing Washington again until March. You know, it's, it's not like last year. And another, and another thing, just on that same topic of you play, you played Washington, a team you haven't seen in forever. You can get away with what you did against the caps last year against teams like the ducks and the coyotes and the sharks, not against really good teams like the caps. And another thing, I think a lot of the reaction to this loss is kind of muscle memory, because last year, every time we lost a game, it was either to a really bad team or a team we were directly going head to head with in the standings, whether it was Vegas, Minnesota, or St. Louis. So every loss last year felt like a disaster in a certain way. This loss outside of the two points we did not get has absolutely no bearing on us. The Capitals are not going to hurt us one bit by getting these two points. So we just need to bring it down a notch. Like you said, if this continues and we're talking about this next month, I mean, cause November is a cakewalk. You should not lose more than two games that entire month. You are, that is an easy schedule as I'm sure we will get to eventually, but you have no excuse in November to lose any of those games, but this is a tough schedule right now. We stumbled out of the gates with injuries and everything that we had to deal with, with the COVID protocol and after the first game, you have guys dinged up and Val going right to, to the injured reserve. We haven't seen this team at full strength yet. So if we can get that back soon, I don't know if you guys can hear the, the sirens right now. I mean, that's what you shouldn't be doing right now. You should not be sounding the alarms. You should not be panicking. It's too early for that. We have so much, we have so much more time. Save your energy for the playoffs. You're going to need it. Trust me. Enjoy the regular season right now. We will learn from our mistakes. I believe in this team fully to learn from their mistakes and just to be better. They're going to be better and they weren't good last night, but they're going to be better. And we're going to get a lot of questions answered to how they respond to Florida and Tampa Bay, two very, very good teams. If they can pull out a win in at least one of them, I'm feeling all right going into the Vegas matchup. And we might come out of this month under 500. And you know what? What? It's not the end of the world. We'll survive because we're gonna bounce back. And all that matters is where we are at the end of the season. Because remember last year as well, there was a point early on we were like sixth in the division. At a certain yeah. point,
0: before we had that that two game set against uh, Minnesota where we just beat the shit out of Minnesota, we were I think we were in like fourth. Like it, it was not good. And then after that, the ABS just went on a run. And this team's gonna go on a run. They're gonna be fine. It's just it. We have such high expectations for them, like you were saying. And when something bad happens, we we freak out. And that's just what fans do. We're, we're stupid. There's a reason why we aren't like the decision makers on this team, because we're stupid. So we all need to take a deep breath and um, realize that we're three games into the season tomorrow or today is going to be a big game. and. We're going to win. I, I have no doubts in my mind that we will beat Florida today. I think it's going to happen. I'm calling it now. So when you're listening to this at work on Thursday morning, just remember that I said the Abs will beat the Panthers. Hey,
1: everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. NFL fans, are you hungry for a big win this week? I hope you are because DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner, has you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. It's really just that simple. And if DraftKings Sportsbook isn't yet available in your state, don't worry because DraftKings is not going to leave you empty-handed because everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings daily fantasy sports contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with just their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, back to the episode. I agree. I think Nathan McKinnon has a 3-point night. I think I think MacKinnon's pissed. I think one thing I took away from last night is that McKinnon was not satisfied, especially in that third period. The I noticed like when the fifth goal went in, he was behind Kemper trying to block the shot and when it beat both of them, he's like hunched over like looking at the dirt like a overtime goal just went in in the playoffs, he and it was, it's a 5-2 goal against an Eastern Conference team on the road. I mean, you can a lot of guys don't even react to something like that. He's pissed. And he he was starting to scrum with the, the Capitals' fourth line with Nick Dowd and Garnet Hathaway. You're telling me, I, I don't ever want to hear that McKinnon's soft. That's just people who don't watch him. He's starting a scrum with literally people who are beneath his notice in Nick Dowd, Carl Haglin, and Garnet Hathaway. What is he gaining out of that? He's venting his frustration because he's pissed. And I think he's going to take that out on the Panthers. I think he's going to have a big night. Makar I think needs to have a big night I thought he was going to have a big night against the Caps we'll see if this his hand thing is really bothering him but the thing with Makar is like it's a hand injury not a not a brain injury you know it doesn't affect his positioning so yeah that's going to bother him but the the mistakes he made last night I can't excuse by just saying that his hand was it was bothering him and you know maybe it is but where he's got a big contract now, he's got a big big boy contract, so that's just something he's going to have to deal with. but I think he's going to have a big game against Florida. I think I think this I think we're going to see a lot of goals from McKinnon and Ranton in this one, maybe one from Landeskog as well. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna get in a shootout with the Panthers. I think it's going to be a high scoring game, but I think the Avalanche are going to come out on top because I think the Panthers are also due for a loss at three and zero.
0: They're due for a loss. They've had a lot of good luck go their way, and like I said, if the Panthers start Bobrovsky. I think we have a great chance to win that game. Um, I think the power play has not looked good so far. One power play goal in the first three games.
1: And it was meaningless. Meaningless goal.
0: There's just way too much talent on this power play unit to struggle. I think the power play is going to have a big game. Um, And the Avs, like you said, are going to win this in a shootout. I think they win it 5-4. I think that's what the score is going to be. I think
1: that's exactly the score I have, 5-4. 5-4,
0: I got the Avs winning it. Late goal by, you know what, I'm going to keep riding the hot wave. I think J.T. Comfer scores the game-winning goal tomorrow. Interesting. That's that's what I'm thinking because J.T. Comfer has looked awesome, and we need him to keep being awesome. Um, Tyson Jost looks great. And, yeah, I think it's going to be a big shootout tomorrow. I think we'll have the top line buzzing. The Panthers are really skilled forwards uh, with Huberto and Barkoff and – uh, Carter Verhage, Duclair, like they have a lot of speed that's gonna be able to match the Avs, But outside of Eckblad and Mackenzie Weger, I I don't really trust their defense, the Panthers, that much. Honestly, um, I'm on the
1: I'm on the opposite side of that. I think their defense is really underrated. I I like the defense that they've built in Florida. It's just it's got a lot of depth and Goudis might be the worst guy there. Actually, they might be dealing with some injuries right now. So the, the I totally just blanked on Nudavara was the guy I was thinking of. He's Marcus actually Nivar. out. Yeah, he's actually out. I didn't know that. So they got Kevin Knotten. And so it might not be great, but guys like Forsling and Montour are pretty underrated guys. I mean, Montour has been pretty good to start the season as well. So I think it's, I think we're going to beat that defense quite a bit just because of the the way the, the Panthers play. And they might be trying to cheat a little on offense with how high they're riding right now, but. Yeah, like you were saying, you got you actually brought up something that I forgot to bring up earlier about the the power play, and I actually have some opposite to say is that the Avalanche's special teams was actually better than the Caps, and the problem was the Capitals scored all their goals at even strength. In fact, the the Capitals' power play, which was really good against the Rangers to open the season, was 0 for three and minus one because Confort scored the shorthanded goal, and the Avalanche had the only power play goal. So. That's actually a problem because they got destroyed at even strength. The even strength goals in this game were six to one. And the only one for the abs was Darren Helm. So that's just, that's something I forgot to, to bring up earlier, but you're absolutely right. Special teams needs to be a lot better in this one. And that comes from the stars. They need to put pucks in the net on the power play. And that's been a problem since the first game of the year, we just haven't been able to score.
0: We're scoring, but it's at, at meaningless times. Like like the Blues game, we got back into the game, but the last goal from Eco against Capitals, that was a meaningless goal. It didn't mean anything. I forgot, um, I
1: forgot it happened until I watched the highlights again.
0: Yeah, because I, I like had a – I'll admit I had a brief moment of where I was like, maybe it's just like the Blues game. We're going to come back and make it a one. I, th- I think I
1: tweeted that actually. I like, eh, maybe another miracle. I mean, there's what, like four minutes left? But
0: yeah, there was still time. So I was like, maybe. And then Ovechkin scored like 30 seconds later. And I was like, OK, good. My, my hopes are dashed. So we don't have to worry about that. Anymore.
1: I, OV goals surpass a lot of things for me. As long as Ovechkin's scoring, I can I'm pretty happy at the end of the day. I'll, I'll take that. If the Avalanche won that game eight to one and Ovechkin scored the only goal, I'd see that as an absolute win. OV goals are too important to me.
0: <laughs> he's going to catch Gretzky, man. I think we're he's both going in agreement to agreement. He's there. got four goals
1: in three games. He's catching Gretzky.
0: It's happening. He's going to. He's going to. If he stays healthy, he's going to catch it. Um, but yeah, just to tie it back to the power play and the PK, I thought the PKs looked pretty solid. Um, it was. It
1: was pretty good. I mean, they scored a friggin' shorthanded goal. I mean, granted, that was a terrible play by Kuznetsov, but they shut him down the other times too. The Caps weren't very dangerous.
0: Yeah, they weren't very dangerous. The power, the penalty kill looked pretty good. I think the power plays getting the like. I hate to say this, but they like, cause I'm gonna sound like such a douchebag fan, but they need to shoot the puck more. I, I think they're passing it just a little bit too much and looking for the perfect play and not just taking the good play. Uh, and I think having Landis in front on uh, the power play is going to be huge. Cause Landy's a master at tips and we all know how much McKinnon loves just hovering around that blue line and uh, just ripping wrist shots and they get deflected in. So the power play is going to fix itself. The PK looks really good, which I was worried about, because you lose you lose, uh, Pierre-Edward Belmar, you lose Matt Calvert, and you have Darren Helm jumping in, Tyson Joe's taking a more prominent role, and Nachushkin hasn't been out there either. So I've been impressed with the PK. Um, but, yeah, I think the special teams has to be special tomorrow against Florida if we're, if we're going to win that game, and I, I think they step up. I think we kind of – I think we're going to see a – huge uh outburst from the avalanche in this game i think they're frustrated with themselves and it's going to be i think the first 10 minutes of the game against the panthers is really going to show what we're going to get out of the Avs team that night and i think they're going to come out pissed off
1: yeah i mean even even before the the COVID shut down everything our last two games against the panthers actually Always stuck out to me just by how fun those games were. But you br- you brought up something on the, the the penalty kill and someone that we all acknowledge played really well last night, but has kind of gotten lost is Logan O'Connor. I brought him up earlier. He was outstanding in this game, and he's he's just not the kind of player that can single handedly change your fate. But that guy works so hard. He played almost three minutes on the penalty kill, and I think it's one of the main reasons it worked so well. He set up that Darren Helm goal beautifully in the second period like Logan O'Connor just strikes me as like a destined playoff hero the kind of guy that scores that goal in the playoff that just gets remembered like for the Capitals Devontae Smith-Pelly was that guy like do you even remember who that is for outside oh yeah the he, scored, he
0: scored scored it in a game was it game five he scored the tying goal and then uh I forget who scored the game winner in game five against I player. remember it crept- yeah, it crept through Fleury's five hole and Eller was just standing on the back door, easy tapping. But Smith Pelly played really well in the
1: uh, the whole run. The whole the, run. The, was the whole run, he
0: was fantastic, and then he kind of disappeared after that. But yeah, for, but my, for that yeah. for that two months, he was awesome. And I agree. I think LLC has a chance to do that because he needs to replace Calvert, and I think he has the energy and the feistiness to do it.
1: I have never seen Logan O'Connor half-ass a shift every time he is on the ice, he is like it looks like he's fighting to the death. It looks like he's literally fighting for his life. He fights every time he's on the ice. And I know I said we shouldn't be talking about playoffs and bringing up anything with the playoffs right now, but Logan O'Connor, like a Devonte Smith Pelly in Washington kind of different players, but you need a player like that, a guy in your depth that just brings so much energy. And O'Connor's injury, at the end of last season, I think kind of hurt this team. And I think we missed him. And he he just brings – I love him, honestly. He might be one of my favorite, like, not-star players on the team right now. He just works so hard. And he's just the kind of player that in the playoffs just is going to score that big goal. Clip this, because when it happens, I want all the credit.
0: I'll clip it. I'll, I'll keep that in the memory bank because I agree. I love Logan O'Connor. I've loved him since he jumped in in the bubble last year. He's been awesome ever since then. And I agree, if he's healthy last year, you need a guy like that who's going to mix it up in the corners and it's not afraid because you were missing Kadri, you're missing Eric Johnson, you're two feistiest players who are going to stand up for stupid shit that Ryan Reeves was going to do. So, yeah, LOC was awesome. Um, I thought Maltsev looked pretty good, too. I thought um,
1: he was decent. I was I was surprised it took this long to bring him into the lineup.
0: It was a cap thing. It had to have been because yeah, he's, he's He's clearly better than Magna and uh Metteau and Sakura. why am I forgetting Sakura. Sakura? Like like he's clearly better and he's great on the PK and he was even on the power play unit two, if I remember right.
1: But yeah, you he got he got nine he got, got like what? Two and a half minutes on power play yeah. I, I, that had surprised me during the game. The, the power play they ran out was interesting. Martin Kout was out there as well. Who played and who allegedly played in this game. I mean, he got what count nine minutes of ice time. I mean, not a, not a amazing performance from Kout just in the fact that nothing really happened when he was on the ice. That was an interesting power play. They ran out at a certain point with Kout and Maltsev.
0: Yeah, it was definitely interesting, but you think about it, when we add, you add Landis back into that mix. That bumps Burakovsky down to the second power play unit. Or, yeah, because so he'll jump Burakovsky. They'll keep Comper up there. And your, your power play two looks a lot better now, too, because I think Burakovsky does better. Um, like, we both agree that Berkey is a really good player, but he thrives when he's playing against he just, the second pair of defensemen. He defense
1: thrives men. when the pressure is off of him. Like, mm-hmm. he, he can't put him on a top line, trust me. I know this guy. I have followed him from day one. The second you put him in a top line or like a line above his station, he struggles every time. Second line is perfect for him. You can't put him on the top line anymore.
0: He's a perfect top six forward who is going to be great on the second line. And I think with Landis coming back, you just keep him down there. Him and Codger have a great rapport. They're good together. They've both proven that they can be good together. So it's going to be great to have Landis Cog back because, yeah, we, we talked about it. he shouldn't be our babysitter, but we, we kind of need him to be our babysitter right now because you need your, your, your leader to lead because he's without a doubt, the best captain in my opinion, in the NHL and he's going to provide some toughness for you and he's going to provide some skill at the top line. So I think adding Landis Cog back it's going to be great. And I think it just contributes even more to the reason why I think they win this game against the Panthers five to four.
1: Yeah. And the caps game is as much as I enjoyed it from, I I guess I can call like a neutral fan perspective because that's kind of just what I was in this one. As much as I enjoyed the game, you got to burn the tape for this one and just move on from it. It's in the past. There's nothing you can do for it. So I, I really have nothing else to say on this game. If you don't,
0: nope, I got nothing else, man. I think we're both in agreement that Abs are going to come out and kick some ass tomorrow against the Panthers, and it's going to be a completely different story when we're recording on uh, on Sunday night for you. So hopefully, when we're recording on Sunday night, we're talking about uh, two two yeah, wins. in Florida.
1: This, this is going to be the first time we got two games to talk about.
0: Uh, no, that's going to be it's going to be a fun episode, man. I'm pumped about that. But we yeah. talked about this a little bit before. I I'm in Denver. You're in Maryland. Tomorrow either has a chance for me to be a great day in sports because my Broncos play the Browns and we got the abs playing uh, the Panthers. I either have a chance to be super, super excited or I could be at an all-time low depression tomorrow. So I just want you to know as my friend that if tomorrow I'm in a grumpy mood, just know it's probably the Broncos contributing to that as well. Um, So yeah, just, just, keep me in your thoughts and prayers tomorrow because tomorrow could could be a devastating day for me and i have to go to the doctor tomorrow too like it, it really has it has a chance to be a Brutal. terrible terrible day for me um but i have my fingers crossed i feel good about the abs not really good about the broncos because the broncos are dog shit but it's, I gotta, a, it's, I gotta, the, it's I the browns
1: go. without baker mayfield so many. oh,
0: we'll, well dude i'm a bronco a bad broncos fan my whole life we always shit down our legs when this shit happens so um yeah just keep me in your thoughts and prayers tomorrow guys it, it could either be a really great day for me or i could be just severely depressed so i'm, su-
1: I'm surprised uh, we never brought up the the broncos ravens game from a couple weeks ago i think it's probably better that i don't bring it up at all so anyway moving uh, on i think yeah, I, we, I, we, I think we'll i might on. have overstepped my boundary <laughs> there but you know i'd quickly just to wrap up i want to just do exactly what i said not to do and draw conclusions about the rest of the teams in the nhl right now i mean we talked about Florida. We talked about Minnesota, but uh, there are some teams at the bottom here that have been terrible. I mean, 32 and 31 at the moment are the Chicago Blackhawks and Montreal Canadiens. There are some bad teams right now. There haven't been two worst teams in the league for me right now between those two. Chicago looks like shit. I think their coach is getting fired by the end of the month and Montreal like they're like depressed and desolate already they've been getting crushed by buffalo who we will talk about in a second and they got killed at home by the sharks like that's just to me it seems like a team that's lost before it's even begun here in this season
0: yeah chicago has not led a single minute in a game like they haven't led once all year like even the worst teams find a way to score a goal to go up one nothing in the beginning of a game the blackhawks are terrible on the defensive end like, Seth Jones, everyone thought he was going to have a bounce back here. Seth Jones looks terrible. Uh, Mark-Andre Flew. Really? The thing.
1: Like, I'm just going keep going. I, I, I yeah. sworn
0: they were winning the, at one point. No, they haven't led. I've watched every Blackhawks game because they played the uh, Avalanche. Uh, I bet on them to beat the Devils. They, you're right.
1: They Yo, you right. down the legs against the, the Devils. I was thinking of that Devils game. They had a comeback. That's what happened.
0: Yeah, they tied it, but they never had a lead. And then they got their shit kicked in yesterday by the Islanders. And the, the Islanders haven't against. looked. The Islanders haven't looked good, but they shit kicked the Blackhawks last night in Chicago. And then I bet on the fucking Blackhawks to beat the Penguins because it's a Marc-Andre Flurry revenge game. And he lets up five goals in five minutes and gets pulled. So to me, I think the Blackhawks are a bigger disappointment because I think we all kind of expected Montreal to regress a little bit because we kind of figured that that was just a magical run. And you lose Carey Price, you lose Shea Weber, you lose Philip Deneau. I kind of expected them to fall off the cliff a little bit, but to me, Chicago's the biggest disappointment. I think we both had them as a potential wild card team. They yeah. may be lucky. They may be lucky to finish. Oh, okay, I'm not going to go that far. I was about to say they're going to be lucky to finish above Arizona, but Arizona a- is pretty,
1: pretty bad. Like yeah, Arizona is really team.
0: bad. Yeah, Arizona is really bad. They oh, have
1: the, they have the same record. Oh, I guess Chicago's played one more game, so they have one more loss. But I mean. You were talking like Chicago hasn't had a lead. I mean, Arizona got crushed by the blues. At least they scored the, Arizona scored the first goal in that game.
0: They had a lead. They had
1: had a lead twice, I think, but Carter Hutton sucks. That guy is so bad. Oh my God.
0: He's so bad. Uh, We were talking about this off air. The avalanche should get 16 points when they face the coyotes eight times this year, because the coyotes aren't that bad and it's all tanking for Shane. Wright. And I kind of hope they get him. Um, because i hope we're not I,
1: playing I, the coyotes eight times <laughs> that'd be a lot
0: no that's what we, they're in our division now so we're gonna play the four games times. four games you're right yeah. shit you're right okay eight points last we're year we're talking about eight points that's eight. Yeah, yeah shit my mind's still over there but yeah if we can get eight, that should be eight easy points because the coyotes are terrible um tank for shane right so go coyotes i guess um but yeah the blackhawks bad canadians bad coyotes expected bad a team we both expect to be bad and as right now six points Our buffalo sabers man
1: you took you took them right out of my mouth the buffalo sabers are one of the four teams in the nhl that are undefeated they are three and oh and the thing is is that it's not just, though they're getting lucky. They've been legitimately outplaying the teams they've played. I mean, granted, the teams they played haven't been great. They beat Montreal, Arizona, and Vancouver. But people had the, ha- the not the Habs, the Sabres at, what, like, what 16 wins this season, and they've got three already. I mean, this this is going to crash, like, badly. They're going yeah, to crash. flame out. But it's very fun right now that they're oh, three. Oh, so the-
0: much fun. I mean, Jeff, Jeff Skinner scored a goal, man. Jeff Skinner's I, scoring. I
1: got, I got that notification, and I, I said out loud, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that doesn't Jeff happen. Jeff
0: Skinner's scoring, man. And I I would – how crazy the NHL season's been so far, if the Buffalo Sabres can make it interesting for the first month and they're like a playoff team, that would just be the most hilarious thing, and it would just be – like, everyone was wrong about the Sabres, and then, just like you said, they're going to come crashing down and burning because they're, they're not a good team, man. They just don't have enough talent, um, and it's, it's hilarious. So, the biggest story out of Buffalo still is just Jack Eichel watch. We still don't know what's going on with that, but the Sabres have looked good so far this year. I'll give them credit.
1: Yeah, I mean, for, the, for a team like the Sabres with no expectations, like, people were, are expecting – a historically bad season that makes the 2017 avalanche look like a finals team and if they just start well just a little decent in october three and 0 is a great start they had their fans chanting three and oh after they won last night if they just start well the entire season is a success i mean that's that's it you set the tone right away that this team isn't a joke and their fans can actually have something to cheer for, even if it is kind of tongue-in-cheek, that's a win for this team. They don't have to make the playoffs. If they don't finish last, that's a win. Like, Just give, give your fans for once something, something Some to chew on, something that is not crippling depression. Give these guys something to work with. I'm begging the Sabres. And they're getting scoring from a bunch of guys. Like we talked about... Jeff Skinner. It's not like they're winning these games two to one, like Zemgis Gergensen's as two, Akposo as two, Thompson as two. They've got a bunch of guys who have scored a goal in just the three games so far. And Craig Anderson, 40-year-old Craig Anderson, the third string goalie with the Capitals last year after finally leaving Ottawa, is a 954. That's, I mean, he's the best goalie in the league. That's 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 hockey. hockey. I mean. Come on, that how how can you not love this from the Sabers? I adore this team right now. That's
0: awesome. Uh, it's the best, man. I love them too. Um, I think we can dive into the next team though. Our good old buddy Philip Grubauer in the Seattle Kraken. Uh, oh. Uh, I felt. Oh, like That's like heartening. I I love Grubby. I, I love will that. always love Grubby. I get why he left, but yikes yikes man he has not looked good that philly game was rough and now drieger's hurt and i don't think seattle's gonna have nearly the amount of success that uh vegas did because what we thought was gonna be a strength for the kraken was their defensemen their defensemen have not looked good there's no magic
1: in seattle it's just not there
0: am i going to bet them in their first game saturday at home you better fucking believe it
1: if they lose that game, they're done.
0: Yeah, that Grooby's gonna bounce back and have a great game, but yikes, man, he has not looked good. I think his save percentage too is right around Kempers.
1: Like he made the illiterate. It's gotta be worse. I don't I don't have it in front of me, but I can find it.
0: Yeah, I think it's a little worse than Darcy's, but yikes, man. I want Grooby to do well because I love Grooby. I don't think he left on bad terms, but yikes, man. That are that you ready,
1: is, Are you ready to hear it? Let's hear it. Eight sixty-seven. Jesus, man! Oh my,
0: that's odd. That's a guy you're paying six million or five million dollars a year. That's that's not good. Man.
1: Five five point nine for the next six years.
0: Yikes, man! Yikes. I mean,
1: this is. I mean, again, let me reiterate: the Kraken are four games into their their lifespan, and this was game three for Grubauer. So let me reiterate that it is very early before I say this, but this is exactly what I was worried about with a Grubauer contract. I brought up Martin Jones as he was great for the Sharks, took him to a final, signs that extension was great before it kicked in. Year one of that extension, worst goalie in the league because you just can't predict goaltending. And I'm just not comfortable giving a goalie six-year term, even if it is a fair cap hit, six years for a goalie, you're asking for trouble. And imagine how we would feel right now. We sign him to that exact deal. And he has that game that he had against the Flyers. Five goals in a period and a half. How do you think we're feeling right now?
0: Oh, not good. Not good. And it sucks because I, I want Grooby to be good, man. I want him to be good. I want the Kraken to be good because it's good for the NHL. I mean, you saw it, that they have what the, i think the season t- or the ticket price for their opening night game was like 640 bucks oh something God. ridiculous for a ticket to the game so seattle I, I want them to be good i really do and i want gruby to be good but man he is he has not looked good not looked good at all and the kraken have not looked good and i'm i'm nervous about them i'm nervous about them I feel, yeah, I, mean, I feel like it's, it's going it, to be tight. It on. almost
1: feels the opposite of Vegas because Vegas, when they started, they were winning the games in the way that the Kraken have lost, if that makes any sense. Their first yep. game against Colorado, they kind of did what the Flyers did to Seattle. They crushed us. Mm-hmm. And it almost felt like Seattle got the opposite of that one. And I, there's just no magic here you got to set the tone with the magic right off the bat as an expansion team, as we saw with Vegas. And it's, it's just not there. I don't, I don't think they're this bad. I think it is an almost overly realistic, like what What should should be. These guys don't know each other. Like there's no chemistry here yet with Vegas. It was like a, a band of brothers kind of story. Like we've been abandoned and Seattle just never had that from the get go. So I don't think this is a playoff team, I, but I think they're a little better than this. And I think Grubauer, once he gets comfortable, I don't think he'll ever return to what he was in Colorado, but I think he'll be all right. I'm rooting for I love Grubauer. I love that guy. He's awesome. Just a genuinely fantastic human being, and he deserves nothing but success. But it's a rough start for him, and I, I just hope it gets better.
0: I do too. I do too. I think the last team we can talk about. Now I don't know if you paid too much attention to him, but another goalie who seems to be struggling and is not doing too well, Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg. I was That's gonna. Not, I was gonna
1: talk about the Jets when we were bringing up bad teams. Um, yeah, that guy is struggling.
0: He's struggling, and it's weird because he he's a Vesna caliber goalie. Like he's the man, and he is struggling. Man, the Jets don't look very good. I mean, it's. It's going to be interesting, this Central Division, because really I'd give Minnesota credit for how well they're playing, and St. Louis, I'll give them credit for how well they're playing. But the two top teams we both thought with the Avs and the Jets both have struggled a little bit, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, the Jets, man, I – you man, Connor Holbrook just doesn't look good. So I, I hope – I mean, I, I kind of hope he turns it around because – the Jets are a really fun team to watch. I mean, you got Kyle Connor. Blake Wheeler just went into COVID protocol. Uh, has Shifley played this year? He was suspended for one
1: game, I believe.
0: Yeah, I think he still to fill out the suspension, but yeah, it's the Jets he, look bad.
1: Shifley. I'm, I have their thing. He has two assists in two games,
0: so he, he's he's playing. But wow. yikes, man,
1: yikes! Are, man, and are you then, ready? For, they, are you ready for Connor Hellebuck's save? Yeah, let's
0: hear it. Let's hear 8-56. it. Make me feel better about six. <laughs> Okay, that makes me feel 8-56. better about fifty
1: six. Oh my lord,
0: that's so not good. for From that Vesna is not
1: going game. to that that is not sustainable. So that's going up. The I think the Jets like that's just a really disappointing start for them. They're zero and three or zero two and one, and that's that's losses to the Ducks, the Sharks, and the Wild are good, but they were up what two goals late in that game? Like, mm-hmm. and he blew that, sh- it. that shouldn't happen. So. Uh, i think i think we can wrap there but the jets they've disappointed as well i mean again three games into the season for everyone some teams four some teams two we're right as we're recording this eight days into the season all of this is gonna change i mean my my first cutoff before i really start drawing some conclusions is 10 games like that's what that's when you can get okay, we went this and this in that 10-game stretch. and
0: You're an eighth into the season, so you, you got, a big, you got yeah. a big thing. Before we wrap up, I just want to go over a couple things on some stats. The league leader in points right now, not Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, Anze Kopitar. That His is has yeah. eight points. He has five goals. Anze Kopitar and Tyler Bertuzzi are tied for the league leading goals right now, just like we all predicted.
1: As, and this as, stat, as you do.
0: And this stat just blows my mind because it's just crazy to think about. Darnell Nurse, his average time on ice, 29 minutes. That oh, is how many minutes he's playing in a game. God. Holy shit, dude. dude. That is ridiculous. And Quinn Hughes I, isn't far behind it. We trashed
1: that contract, but that was almost out of necessity. <laughs> they don't have yeah. anyone else.
0: He is, I love Darnell Nurse, but yeah, he shouldn't be getting paid that much. But 29 minutes? that's ridiculous dude
1: that and that's his average like sometimes that happens but that's his average i mean come on
0: that is ridiculous dude that is mind-blowing i don't know if that's sustainable but it's not he he is going to
1: fall apart by the end of the season if that's the case
0: but yeah i just wanted to wrap with that because it kind of blew my mind that anze kopitar is just having a resurgence here and i like anze kopitar and i like the kings what they're building um but and yeah, Drew, Drew, Drew
1: Doughty, leading defenseman in points as well.
0: I'm telling you, man. Seven the Kings. Points. I, I at the beginning of the year, I thought the Kings were going to be a playoff team. I still don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but they're going to be frisky, man. They're going to be a frisky team. So watch out for them in the Pacific. I, I, mean, I like, I like the Kings.
1: Hey, we say it's look out for the Kings, but they are one and two right now.
0: Yeah, they beat up on the
1: they beat up on the the Golden Knights, then they lost to Minnesota and Nashville, but.
0: They've been they've been frisky though.
1: Yeah. So, post games, one yeah. goal games.
0: Yeah. So I I like them, but yeah, that we'll wrap on that. But yeah, it just kind of blew my mind that <laughs> the, that Anze Kopitar is leading the league in points right now over Sidal and McKinnon or McDavid. Excuse me. Yeah.
1: McKinnon will get there eventually, but uh, I think I think we can wrap there with that one. Not a good loss for the Avalanche, but it's only game three. We got two big games coming up and florida and tampa bay to turn things around and we will talk about those again when the time comes but as for today for this episode that's going to do it for this edition of the teledabs it is podcast on the hockey podcast network thank you all so much once again for tuning in our last episode suddenly already became our most downloaded episode of all time So thank you to everybody new who's joined the show with us. Thank you to everyone who's listened from day one. We both appreciate and love you all equally. And we will catch you all next time. Christian, if you want to plug your Twitter and everything.
0: Yeah. Make sure you follow me over at Christian underscore B as in boy O L L E and uh, Denver nosebleeds over on Twitter. Uh, Yeah. Make sure you follow us. We're having a lot of fun uh, interacting with you all during the games. And just really can't wait for a couple more abs wins to talk about some more positive things, but uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun one, man. And I just, like you said, reiterate it, just love the fans. Thank you all so much for listening. And we're really excited for you all to uh, keep following along with this journey.
1: Yep, absolutely. And if you want to follow me at G Young's NHL, and if you want to follow the show, which I highly recommend is at tell it abs. It is, we've got plenty of stuff coming for the rest of the season keep your eyes open you do not want to miss what we've got coming but that's all for another day that's it for us right now thank you all so much once again for tuning in and we will catch you all next time with our first road trip of the season in the books so see you all then enjoy the rest of your week.